0: Stephen Vaughn here with another episode of Hear the Spirit presented by Noel Game Day. Um, we're here. The today is Friday, the day before the ULM game. Not that the uh, game is really something that is of great concern, especially um, with what happened today in Tallahassee. Uh, I'm sure by the time that we, you know, this podcast is out, everybody will have heard. It's been out there for probably around four hours now, but it is officially confirmed that Jibbo Fisher will be leaving Texas or leaving for Texas A&M. Uh, to receive a 10-year, $75 million deal from the Aggies. Um, Florida State will now be in the midst of their first coaching search in 40-something years. I think it's 41 years. So we're just trying to put this podcast out out here to kind of let, let you all know um, what we think of this this move and, and kind of what we think the repercussions are for Florida State as a program and what, what this means for the Noles going forward. I think the first, like the logical place to start is really kind of, I guess, talk a little bit about, you know, how, how this situation came about and um, not spend too much time because I think pretty much everybody knows what has happened. Um, and just things kind of deteriorated between, between Jimbo Fisher and Florida State. There, there's been a lot of uh, strain on the relationship over the last couple of seasons and even, even coming out of the national championship here. You know, it hasn't always been the smoothest ride for everybody involved with the program. And I, th- I think that's that's one of the biggest reasons that, that things kind of came to a head and, and it just wasn't going to work out anymore from, from either point of view. Um, you know, you can get into why Jimbo left. And, and to me, the only thing that matters is, is there's really two theories. One, you know, the, you, if you want to believe the whole, um, for taking for face value, the whole the commitment to the program thing where Jimbo wanted a football-only facility, which, by the way, I think will happen. Um, whether Jimbo Fisher is the coach here or not. And it needs to happen whether Jimbo Fisher is the coach or not. Florida State needs to stay competitive with their facilities. It's a big selling point for recruits and, and stuff like that. So they need to stay competitive for facilities. And the facilities. And the other option to me is is basically if you if you believe that Jimbo truly has been communicating with Texas A&M and really kind of coaching this season with one foot out the door, um, then that's another option. And I think it's certainly possible. Um, Bud Elliott of Tomahawk Nation, for, was the first to really bring forward the A&M rumors. And that that was after the NC State game, which was the, I want to say like the third week, the third or fourth week of the season, still in September. So a while ago. And if you truly believe, which I, mean, I think it's very possible, if not maybe, maybe probable that what you saw happen was that he, he was communicating with them. And then as things started to go downhill, he was like, this might be my life raft out of, out of Florida state. And, um, he kind of took it, and then he used the facility thing as kind of a way to save face from from Florida State fans, I guess, to make it not look like he was just jumping ship, which is really, you know, in that scenario, what he would have been doing. Um, and to me, that really brings, brings me into the next point of view. Uh, Ryan and I talked about in our podcast, it was probably three weeks ago, I can't remember exactly which one it was, but we both agreed that we thought Florida State would be better off with a new head coach. Um, you know, and and it's one of those things where, where people, some people are freaked out about the idea of having a new head coach and, and it's under, you know, it's understandable. Jimbo Fisher was a really good coach for Florida state. He led them some of the best years in program history, um, including that, you know, undefeated national championship season. But the fact of that matter is, is that uh, I don't even know how to, how to really go about explaining this, but, but you came out of that, that national championship season and that, that season was awesome. But but on face value, it, it was kind of marred by by the Jameis Winston allegations. So so even that that season wasn't enjoyable, was it? As it should have been. And that's not taking away anything from from the season or the on field play at all. I'm just kind of painting a picture into to why this kind of this relationship kind of just really deteriorated. So you had those allegations that 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 kind of made that a, a certain a certain thing that the, the admin had to deal with, even though the football team was so good. And then you move into 2014. And in 2014, there was more. I, I can't even remember all the stuff that, 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 you know, people were involved in. I, some, you know, you had the cashier deal. And then there was there was other off the field issues um, that, that really, you know, came came about the whole the next year. You know, Jameis and, and, and the suspension for Clemson based on what he, he did in the, in the student union and just other stuff. Again, just off the field stuff that couldn't be cleaned up. They kind of made that season, um, you know, not as satisfying as it should have been. And 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 I, I think I'm spending too much time on this, but the point of the thing is, is that even in the in the best times, it wasn't always the easiest. And and that's not to say it's it's all Jimbo Fisher's fault. But then as this thing progressed and you get into to 2015, 2015 was rebuilding year. Um, so so you forgive them for that, and they still made the Peach Bowl. Um, you know, not a bad bad accomplishment at all. And then you get into to last year in 2016. That was a year where FSU should have been competing, should have won the ACC, or or at least at least really been been competitive for it. Um, but they 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 weren't. They they lost and they were out of. The, and the other thing about last year is they were out of the national championship conversation really early with those two, you know, that ugly ugly loss in the third week of the season to Louisville. And then following it up, um, I can't remember if it was the next week or a couple weeks later, but the, the loss to UNC and Dope Campbell. So a, a season where they were, you know, out of the national championship hunt early, when they probably should have been in it at least, you know, at least in it late. And then you come into this year, and it's just total, you know, carnage. Everything is falling apart. So basically, what I'm trying to say is that the trend in this thing wasn't going the right way. And so this is a to me this is a good thing for for both sides like Jimbo Fisher needed to, to a change of scenery because if you go as a coach if you go change change your school you get that new coach that new coach um you know like a new car smell but it's a new coach momentum but bump you know it's something that you, when you come into a new school recruiting is a little bit easier because you have that that new that new coach bump and and everybody's excited, and nobody's kind of there's no tension yet. You know that hasn't accumulated over time, and and so I think it's going to be beneficial for him. We'll see what he's able to do in a tough in a tough tough division. Um, but then also, I think it's good for Florida State, and and to me, the biggest reason that it's good for Florida State is kind of of their doing because of the contract they gave him. So you know, on face value, and for something that that you know, in an ideal world where you don't have this huge contract. It would probably be a decent idea to let Jimbo Fisher stay and try and turn things around, but when you have this forty million dollar contract that he's hitched to, if you like let him stay and and it doesn't work and it doesn't turn around, he's you are stuck with him. No one's going to take him. You are stuck with him, and you can't fire him. So, you know, thing and the thing that further compounds that problem to me is the fact that you got Rick early in his career at Miami succeeding, and then you've got a new head coach and Dan Mullen at Florida. And things are going things were getting harder in the state and combine that with the fact that Florida State's recruiting class this year was already not looking as good as its previous four or five had simply because the message of the national championship year had been kind of wiped away by the fact that there's two straight years where you weren't even you know you were you were out of national championship contention early so you know that 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 may seem like a, a crazy thing but in this sport if you if you want to have those top five recruiting classes you, you need to be in that hunt you know, at least late in the season, pretty much year in and year out, and they just weren't two years in a row, and now this makes three. So it was going to be hard to recover from that. And I, and I certainly think that, that that's something that, that can be pointed out as a positive from, from FSU's point of view is that they, they, they don't have to take a risk on Jimbo rebuilding this thing and being stuck with him if he can't, you know, if he doesn't. And from there, um, it sounds like, barring any unforeseen change, which is certainly possible, um, Willie Taggart. Or head coach at Oregon, formerly head coach at USF in Western Kentucky, and an assistant under Harbaugh at Stanford, will, will likely be um, Florida State's next coach. Um, we'll see if that's what ends up happening. But as of now, that, that looks pretty likely. And I, I think, just to preface this, um, there's a couple guys that I guess I, I might say I, I would have preferred. I think Scott Frost would have been my number one choice, but he looks dead set on going to Nebraska. Um, from there, maybe a guy like Patterson at TCU is someone that, that I think could have done a good job here, but is a living legend at TCU, and and probably wouldn't have you know couldn't wouldn't wouldn't want to leave, um, the comforts of uh, just outside Fort Worth at TCU. So, you know, I think Taggart is a good hire. I think I think if he is to be to be the hire, it's something that Florida State fans can get excited about. Over the last couple of seasons, and I know I believe it was Corey Clark um, wrote an article about this earlier in the year, but it just doesn't look like like Florida State's having fun. Everything seems kind of forced and like a business. And and Jimbo made it, and not to say it's all on Jimbo, but that some of the moves that Jimbo makes, you know, the, the social media ban, um, the fact that that none of you know hardly anybody on that staff use social media, it, it just wasn't as fun. And, and combine that with the fact that. Um, i don't know this this season i think it was even even amplified more by the fact that you didn't have you know your starting quarterback but it, there just wasn't as many big plays and and wasn't as much fun being had on the field uh and, and in terms of you know just pure enjoyment factor for the players even and so i i think that that bringing in a guy like taggart is an immediate way to, to bring some fun back to this program he's a guy that that's that's runs a spread offense, runs some up-tempo offense, is going to have some big plays. And, and I think that that he can do a good job here. Uh, people, a lot of people, we did I did an Instagram Live and a Facebook Live earlier today, and a couple people asked about, you know, the overall record. But if you look at it, he came into Western Kentucky from Stanford, and Western Kentucky was on a 26-game losing streak, and he turned them around got them to 7-5. and five. And then he came into USF after the Holtz debacle there, and took over a three and nine team and turned them into a 10 win team in his final season, which is a program record for wins. Um, did did even better than, than he did when his current DC at Oregon, actually um, Jim Levitt was at USF and had them ranked second in the country at one point time in 2007. So, you know, that that's, that's something that, that he can point to. Now, I don't think that this, one more positive with Taggart is recruiting. He has the number six ranked recruiting class in the country at Oregon And he can definitely, you know, that would be the highest ranked recruiting class in Oregon history. So that shows you what kind of prowess he has because that's a program that that competed for two national championships in championship games. So he's no joke on the trail. He's got a lot of connections in Florida. He's from Florida by his own admission, grew up a Florida State fan, and he does a great job recruiting Florida. He's pulled a couple kids from Tampa this year that um, Florida State was recruiting hard. So that tells you what kind of pull he has and what kind of what kind of impact he'll be able to have on the trail. If he does take the Florida State job and starts recruiting the state of Florida as a coach at Florida State University, that being said, I do think there are some concerns or, or some things that you can look at and not be, you know, necessarily all about when when you're viewing Taggart. I think one of those things is his, um, I guess his relative inexperience to me around elite college coaches. Now you can argue that Harbaugh is Harbaugh is, and he's been a good coach in the past, and 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 you, and you know. That that that's something you can cape for, but it was a while ago, and, and he also you know doesn't have any any success as a head coach at a, uh, or not any success I shouldn't say, but he doesn't have, established he has an established you know a super successful season at a, at a power five school or anything, but but you know it looked like he was well on the way to that at Oregon this year, but he had an injury to his starting quarterback Justin Herbert, so you know that that that's something that you have to take into account, and I think to me the big the bigger thing. Is he's never had an elite defense um, under him at any of the stops. Now, that could you know that there's a very good chance that that's because he it, defense is more talent talently than Offense Off, is is a lot about X's and O's and, and such, um, which is is you know kind of kind of makes sense when you view everything because um, you know Alabama consistently has. One of, if not the best defense, but they're always not one of, if not the best offense. You know, they can fall a little bit down in offense. So I think that's a good example. And um, so I, I think that theoretically, and he doesn't control defense. So if you give him a good defensive coordinator and he comes to a place like Florida State where he can get elite talent, I think there's no reason to believe that he can't come in and put together an elite defense. So to me, you have to, there's a lot of room for upside here just based off the fact that he can flat out recruit anywhere recruit the state of florida like you know like it's a backhand but he can recruit anywhere so i think that, that that's going to be good especially coming off the coming off the fact that florida state's recruiting classes fallen apart a little bit this past week so i think that would be a cert, certainly a plus for me um in terms of um, viewing tagger and i think it's a really good hire with a lot of upside potential you know we're going to have to see if he's able to turn into an elite coach and really become a national championship level coach at, at Florida State, you know that remains to be seen. There's no way to make that projection, and there's no way to you know with if you hired an elite or an established coach or something, you, you, it's a lot easier to make the argument on whether you know or not that they can be, you know, a national championship level coach. Um, it's a lot easier to make that call, but but he hasn't had the opportunity to coach at a school where winning a national championship. Is a realistic realistic goal other than maybe you can argue Oregon for one season where he turned them around and arguably would have had a pretty pretty damn good season if they hadn't have lost their starting quarterback. And another note I'll drop on that is, is someone put up the stats on Twitter um, a couple days ago of Taggart's offense with the starting quarterback, and they were I think they were number one in scoring offense and um, points per game with uh, Justin Herbert as their starting quarterback. So that gives you a lot of kind of optimism for what Taggart can do, albeit you know being the fact that he has the right guy at quarterback. And um, so I I think that's pretty much what I have to say on Taggart. I think he'd be a really good good hire. I guess the other thing to throw in there is, is maybe his his staff at Oregon is really good, and if he was able to bring those guys, or at least a majority of those guys to florida state you you have to think that on paper florida state's going to have one of the best staffs in the country with guys like jim levitt as a defensive coordinator mario Cristobal, former offensive line coach as the offensive line coach and offensive um coordinator so it, it's something that that that's another thing to me that that really i think taggart lucked out on that because he went to a school in oregon that had enough money to hire those guys and then in turn, he was able to build a relationship with those guys and maybe get them to come to his next job at Florida State and give them a leg up on some up-and-coming coaches that may have not been able to convince guys like that to come work for them. So that that's a really interesting aspect to me. Um, other than that, I, I think a couple of the other questions we got on Facebook Live today were, were do we expect a lot of transfers? And to that I say no because if you hire a guy like Taggart or even anyone really, the point I'm about to make, is more more just like the structure of college football related, is that when you have to sit out that year, it, it really doesn't make it worth it to, to to transfer, because at a school like Florida State, you're already at one of the premier football schools in the you know in the country, so it's not like you're going to be able to transfer to a bigger school that has an exponentially better shot at winning a national championship unless you go to like Alabama right now or Clemson, I guess, or Ohio State might be the three. So, so that's, that's, it's not, you know, it's just not worth it. Um, I don't think you see a lot of transfers. I think if the hire is Taggart, you see a lot of optimism. I think these guys, I think the guys are going to love him. I think he's a player's coach. Um, not to say that he can't be a disciplinarian uh, or, or someone who, you know, a lot, I think there's a negative connotation sometimes attached to player's coach. You know, maybe guys don't think that they will, will do or, or, or necessarily hard enough on their guys sometimes to get their best performances but I think he is. Um, I think there's a great video that showed a lot about um, what I like about Willie Taggart. Uh, it, it was um, tweeted by the Oregon's uh, football account a while back. You might be able to search it if you search like their ha- their handle and then work to win. And basically, I'll give you the gist of it uh, for the purposes of this podcast. But he flat out comes comes out and says to them, "You know, my job is to recruit guys to come take your jobs." So he's speaking to his team at Oregon. And he says, you know, my job is to recruit guys to come take your job. So that shows right there that he puts an emphasis on recruiting, which is, you know, a must in today's day and age. And then it also shows right there that, you know, he's not, he's not about giving, just giving anybody the job. You know, you got to earn that job. You've got to hold off whoever's next in line. And to me that that's the kind of, that's something that's been, I think, lacking in Tallahassee recently. So it's hopefully he'll be able to operate um, in the same way that he says he's going to operate and kind of kind of do that if he is the hire because that's something that, that I think is needed, you know, less of a, more of a meritocracy than just a, um, oh, you were good one year, you're automatically untouchable as a starter the next year or something like that. So so I think that, that that's a positive. Um, trying to think some of the other questions that we got. Uh, j- just mainly... We got questions on, on the on the lives about coaches, and I think we've already hit that. Uh, I think there's some other interesting options out there. Should Taggart not go? Um, I think Pruitt is one that's been suggested a lot. Not sure if issues admin would be down that. Um, Venables is another option that I'm higher on than a lot of people are. Uh, he's been around two elite head coaches in Stoops and Swinney, and um, he's a an elite defensive coordinator. So I, I think that that would be a better hire than, than some people think. Other than that, um, there wasn't really a whole lot. Other than I'm optimistic going forward for this program. Uh, I think that if Taggart ends up being the hire, that he can immediately inject some energy into it, and and really get out there on the trail and kill it, and hopefully turn into an elite coach. But other than that, you know that that's just purely speculation right now. We've got to wait and see what happens. But to me, the biggest takeaway from today is that while while you did lose one of the four coaches that has won a national championship for active coaches. You also lost a coach that had overseen kind of a, a really negative trend in the Florida state program over the last several years. And and you've also rid, rid yourself of a contract that could have completely handcuffed you and what you're able to do with your um, program over the next however long, almost 10 years. So I think today be thankful for that. Be thankful for what Jimbo did here and how he drug Florida state out of the the last decade, and got them to another national championship. You know, I can fully say that that was one of the best years of my life. It was awesome watching that team play. Jimbo brought a lot of great players here to Florida State. You know, Without him, we would have never had Jameis Winston. We've never had Dalvin Cook. We've never had Telvin Smith. We've never had LaMarcus Joyner, Jalen Ramsey. I could go on and on and on with all the great players he brought to Florida State. And his, his departure wasn't handled the best. He didn't handle it the best. But I think we can always just look back and be thankful on that. Wish it would have ended better um, and, and kind of bid him a, a, a farewell as Florida State moves into this new era and a new era that should be marked with optimism as we go forward because this program is bigger than any one coach. It's one of the best programs in college football, and I believe that, that if, if the right hire is made, there's no reason to think that Florida State won't be competing at the highest of levels very, very soon um, and, and being back to that. With that being said, I'd like to remind you that this, this podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. And for that, we'll be signing off with this uh, special edition, Jimbo, Jimbo's Leaving edition of Here the Spirit presented by Noel Game Day. We're not going to do anything for ULM this week, but we'll be back as soon as we've made a coaching hire um, to discuss the ramifications of that coaching hire. Kind of give our input on that.